I just thank you for another opportunity to connect with your heart and with your mind and with your spirit. And I thank you that you have something on your heart tonight for every single listener of this podcast, Father. I thank you that you know everything that's going on in their lives right now, Father. You know the challenges that they are facing. You know the emotions that they are dealing with as a result of it, Father. You know what they are uh, believing you for, the promises that they are standing on, Father, to manifest in their circumstances and in their situations. You know every prayer. Father, you know the thoughts that they think before they even think them. You know the words that they speak before you even, before they even speak them. Father, you know the number of hairs on their head. You know uh, they're uprising and they're downsitting, Father. You know they're coming and they're going. Father, you know all the days of their life. They were written in your book before any of them took shape. And so tonight, Lord, we just want to we want to dive into that book a little bit. We want to we want to connect to your plans for each and every one of your kids tonight. And I pray, Father, that as I as we dive into your word, as I teach tonight under your inspiration, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would touch every heart. I pray that you would open eyes, Father, for everyone to see things from new perspectives, from new heights, Father. I pray that you would unlock the dreams in their heart, Father, the, the dreams that you implanted in their hearts, Father, before the foundation of the world. And I pray, Father, that there would be a fire that is ignited and that their passions, Father, would be the motivator of their life, that you would motivate them through their deepest desires, Lord, and that they would answer their call to greatness to make a difference in the world. And so I just bless our time together tonight. I bless each and every person listening tonight, Lord, and I just thank you that uh, we are completely dependent on you, Holy Spirit, uh, for the lesson, uh, and for what you want to communicate tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome. Uh, I am inspired tonight to teach out of a scripture that I was actually just quoting. And it's one of my favorites. Uh, I use it a lot uh, in Emerge. We, we talk a lot about this scripture in Emerge. And I have been meditating on it now for many decades myself, because I really just love uh, the way, I love the intimacy of this scripture and the way that it gives us insight into just the Father's nearness to us. And I know sometimes that isn't even really the best way to, to say that, because obviously we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Father lives in us. So, you know, it's kind of like, of course, you know, the proximity of the Father and his closeness is a topic that sometimes when you, you teach out of, in this case, an Old Testament scripture, it gets lost when you teach out of those scriptures. But I, I still want to, to dive in this tonight, um, even though it's not necessarily giving you a perspective of the closeness that you have in relationship with the Father based upon your union with Jesus. Uh, I still just love the psalm, love the scripture, and I believe it's going to bless you. So we're going to go to Psalm 139. 
And we are going to uh, start just, uh, I'm reading it in the, hold on, I'm trying to bring it up on my, on my iPad here, and it's just not cooperating. So hold on one second. Let me try it again. All right, we're going to start reading in verse 1. Okay. In Psalm 139, here's, here's what it says. It says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder wonder and strength. Verse 7, where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day. There is no difference between the two. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. Verse 15, even you even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me, before I'd ever seen the light of day. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Verse 17, Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of the sand on the seashore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. So I stopped reading at verse 18, but I really love the passion translation of this scripture. And it was worth taking the time to go ahead and read it all, read all this. And I encourage you to take out Psalm 139 and, and read through it because there's so much in this that is comforting and and so much in it that really explains God's heart for you and how intimate he is with you. And when you take this into consideration, 
in the context of the New Testament. I mean, this was David. This is a psalm that was written by David. And the intimacy that David enjoyed with the Lord was awesome. It was super awesome. I mean, he, he dwelled in the house of the Lord. He said his one thing that he desired, one thing he would seek after was to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But, you know, as New Covenant believers, we have such a much more incredible intimacy with the Lord. We don't go to a physical temple. We have become the Lord's temple. And when David's desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all of his days has become a reality for us as New Covenant believers. You know, I think sometimes, though, you know, because David had a physical temple, <laughs> you know, sometimes maybe that seemed better, you know, because you could actually experience it in the physical realm. And, and a lot of times I know we can read these, this psalm and read, you know, scriptures like this, but it isn't necessarily our experience. It isn't the kind of intimacy that we personally are experiencing with the Lord. And I know the Lord's heart in this is for him not to only know you the way that he describes here in Psalm 139, but it is, it is his heart for you to know him the exact same way. And so I want to go over to another scripture really quickly, and I want to go over to Ephesians chapter 1, and this is where the Apostle Paul is praying for the church of Ephesus. And I know that I read, I feel like I read out of Ephesians all the time, but I also feel like that the church needs to hear more about Ephesians all the time because Ephesians is such a powerful epistle that, that lays out the finished work of the cross and what Jesus accomplished for us. And so I'm going to begin reading here in Ephesians chapter one, um, let me go back. For some reason, my iPad is not commu- uh, cooperating with me tonight. Um, okay, here we go. So I'm going to go back um, to Ephesians here, over to Ephesians. And I'm going to start reading in chapter 1, and I'm going to read this prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus. He was praying it for the believers that were a part of the church in the town of Ephesus. And here's what it says. Uh, In verse 16, I'll start. He says, My heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you, as I constantly remember you in my prayers. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation, to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God would illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. Now, I could keep reading because he keeps praying here, but I'm going to stop for a moment because I want to highlight here verse 17. Uh, The Apostle Paul prayed this. He said that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. And so the Apostle Paul here is praying that we, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation, that we would know God. 
and that we would come to know him and develop this deeper intimacy with him. Uh, Let me read this in the Amplified Version because I really like the way it amplifies that verse as as well. Uh, Here it says... Take it a second. Okay. It says this. For I always pray in verse 17, the God of our Lord Jesus God. I mean, let me say that again. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. And so again, this scripture here is just, it's a phenomenal scripture because the Apostle Paul was saying that, that his prayer, and it honestly is the Lord's heart, that we would know him intimately. That we would know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And commune with them in friendship and in fellowship and in union so that we could experience says here the hope of our calling in verse 18 but to to know someone is to experience them for who they are and I love the way Psalm 139 gives this picture of intimacy and it's kind of this you know the kind of intimacy that, that God has with us but I believe that David was called a man after God's own heart because he was searching the emotions of God. He was searching the heart of God. He was searching the motives of God's heart, the ways. Uh, you know, he said, teach me your ways, Lord. He wanted to know the ways that, that, that God thought and acted and what motivated him, what dri- drives the Lord, the Father. What, what is in his heart? What, what is the deepest, most intimate secrets and knowledge of the Lord. He wanted to to know him and spend time with him. And here the Apostle Paul is praying this for us. He's praying it for the church of Ephesus, but he's also praying it for us. And I just want to let you know tonight, beloved, that the Lord's heart, that the Father's heart is towards you. He is, he is, I just, if I could go so far as to say that he's obsessed with you. But honestly, when you read the description in one, Psalm 139, I mean, if it was anybody else but God who, who knows everybody's thoughts and can see everyone's hearts and, you know, he's omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent, I mean, it, it, he's God. So, but if it was anyone else, you would kind of read Psalm 139 like it was almost like a stalker. Like, you know, get get out of my head already, right? We'd be like, wow, that's too much. That's so intimate. You know my thoughts before I speak them? You know, I mean, my thoughts before I think them? You know, my words before I I speak them? You're reading my mind? Like, that would creep us out. If we're honest, that would really creep us out with anyone but the Lord. But that is, he, he reads our minds. He knows the intent of our heart. He knows everything about us. It says that, He goes before us. He's been into our future. And that he has known us before we knew there was an us. And I I just want to encourage you tonight that that kind of intimacy is only possible with one person on the planet. And that is God. It is Jesus. It's the Father. And the reason that kind of intimacy is possible is, number one, because it's God. But number two, it's because he lives inside of you. There is no other human being on the planet that is ever going to know you more intimately or completely 
than God Almighty, than your Savior, than your Father, than your lover, than your healer, than your provider, than your comforter. There is no one. He knows everything about you, and he is in, he's everywhere. He's in your past. He's in your future. He is in the darkness. He's in the light. There's nowhere that you can hide because how can you hide from yourself? And when you were baptized into Christ, you were baptized into the oneness of the Spirit, into the oneness with the King of Kings. But, beloved, it's not enough just to hear this. It's not enough just to read it in the Bible. God is hes after an experience. He's after you, you having an experience. You know what? Salvation is meant to be an experience. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is meant to be an experience. I mean, when... The power of God is meant to be experienced. The kingdom of God is meant to be a reality that we live out of. It's meant to be reality. Let me say it again. It's meant to be reality. It's not meant to be some invisible theory. And your identity in Christ is not meant to be some theory. It's meant to be an experience of yourself. It's meant to transform the way that you actually experience God, that you can now know him the way that you are known. Because you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. So let me go to another scripture here. And, and, and I'm just talking about this intimacy with God and the desire that he has for you. And the desire that he has for you to experience him. Uh, let's go over to 1 Corinthians really quick. And actually we're going to go to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want to go here because it really is a powerful thing that I'm talking about here. And I, I I think sometimes when we, we've heard the gospel, we haven't entered into the fullness of the power of our access to God. I'm going to say that again. We've heard the gospel, but we haven't entered into the access, the full access that we have to the power of God and to the experience of God and to the intimacy that belongs to us because of what Jesus Christ accomplished. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He also said, I am the door. And I believe that Jesus made the way for us to know God. More important than anything else, he made the way for us to know God. He made the way for us to experience God. You know, and I've been teaching on, I taught mostly on it at the end of last year, coming into the beginning year about the, I called it the gospel according to Shalise, but I talked about John uh, chapter 17 and, and how Jesus said that the, the uh, definition of eternal life is to know God, is to know the one true living God and to know Jesus Christ whom he sent. And that knowing that eternal life is knowing God. That this knowing God, and I, I go, the reason I started in Psalm 139 and the reason why I read all of those verses up to 18 is because it is, I, I'm going to say it again because I want it to sink in. It's because it's a picture of the kind of intimacy that God has with us. It is the kind of knowledge and knowing that God has with us. And he has known us. The Bible teaches us in Ephesians chapter 1 and many other places that he has known us since before the foundation of the world. He has known us, uh, the Bible teaches us in lots of places as well, that he knew us in our mother's womb. That he formed us, he, he knit us together in our, in our mother's womb. Uh, in Psalm, you know, in that, in that 139.17 it says that he actually wrote a book 
about us. In the Amplified Version, it says that all of the days are written in, our, written in his book before any of them had taken shape. And so I'm talking about an intimate knowledge that you are known, that you are seen, that you are heard, that you are never alone, that you, there is no, that loneliness is an illusion for you. It, it may be an emotion that you feel, but it is a deceived emotion. If I can just go, is, I'm, I'm not trying to discount your feelings or, or, or not not acknowledge that you feel that way. That's not the purpose of me saying this. My, my, my purpose of saying this is that you're not alone, that you're not alone. <laughs> and that is a, uh, it's an illusion that you're alone. It's an illusion that you're not known and seen. There is no other human being past, present, or future. I don't care how close of a friendship you have. I don't care how wonderful of a marriage you have. I don't care how um, intimate you are with your mom or your sisters and brothers. You will never experience a friendship like the friendship of God. You will never experience a parent like God. You will never experience a husband like Jesus Christ. You will never experience comfort like the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I know I'm going to, I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, but I just want to tell you when I got a hold of this truth, first of all, you have to realize that I was a person growing up that had been through so much trauma and so much hell. I don't know what else to say about my, about the way that I experienced my childhood and the things that I had gone through. Three dads by the time I was three, abandoned, abused, just all kinds of stuff in my background. That by the time, you know, I got into my teens, I just remember I didn't like to be alone at all. I mean, I I would go to the gas station to get gas, and I would have to go pick up a friend to take them with me. I mean, I did not like being alone. And I think part of the reason I didn't like being alone is because I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. I didn't want to be alone with my emotions. I I didn't want to feel what I was you know, stuffing down inside and trying to escape. I didn't want to face the pain. I didn't want to face my life and the reality of my life. And so I, I stayed busy. And, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of us in the world today that are doing the same thing. We're just buffering, uh, buffering through life, meaning we're, we're, you know, on social media nonstop or we're in the news or we're Netflixing it or, you know, we're just, we've got, we're just on the go, can't even be at home without the television on or in the car without the radio going. And it's because we can't handle our own thoughts. We can't handle our own emotions. We can't handle the, the, the prospect of being alone it's, it, it, with ourselves and our inner life. And that may not be you. You may be someone else that just feels lonely. But I, I want to tell you that, that that need that you have that, that need to be intimate with someone, to be known, to be understood, that is met only by the one who knows you completely. Everything else is kind of like a Band-Aid. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, maybe some Band-Aids are better than others, but the truth is that you were designed by God to be filled by God. I'm going to say that again. You were designed by God to be filled by God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a vessel. You are a branch. You were not designed to operate independent from God or to be fulfilled apart from God. There will always be something missing until you are experiencing God the way that he is experiencing you. 
And God's unconditional love and unconditional acceptance and unconditional just perfection that he has given to us as a gift, as an identity in Christ, that is what makes us whole. A revelation that we are unconditionally loved, unconditionally accepted, unconditionally perfect. That revelation changes your life like nothing else, like no other news, like no other information. <laughs> there is nothing that can, tra- that can fill you up besides that knowledge. There is nothing that can complete you except the, the revelation that you are complete by God. There is nothing that will cause you to, to feel loved completely except the revelation that you are loved completely by the one who is love, the creator of love, the crea- the author of relationships, the, the, the one that dreamed up intimacy between human beings, the one, that, the one that defines what healthy relationships are. I'm telling you, this insatiable need that we have to be validated and to be accepted and, and, and just... It's insatiable because it's designed by God to be insatiable. It's designed by God to be a, a, a whole, to be a, to, it, it's like a drug it's, it's, it's des- that we have to have. We're, we're born to run on love. We're born to run on God. We're born to run. God is the fuel of our life. He is the sap of our life. A, a, a branch cannot live without being connected to the vine. A branch cannot live apart from a tree. The the nourishment that it needs to thrive and survive and to to produce fruit comes through its connection to the branch, to the tree. And so what's missing in our lives, honestly, at the deepest level, at the deepest level of our hearts, at the deepest level of our minds, at the deepest level of every area. I mean, I don't care what the life is, what the part of your life it is, what's missing. If something is missing, it's a revelation of God. It's a revelation of God in that, for that need, for that need. God is a need meter. God is a need meter. Does he use people to do it? Yes, but he will never, ever let us have a person take the place in our hearts that is reserved for him. Only he is, only he can be the Lord of our lives. Only Jesus Christ is equipped to be worshiped. And so every other source that we are looking to, to meet our needs, that, you know, really at the end of the day, that's, that's coming from the Lord. And so I want to encourage you tonight that you are known. You are completely known. You are completely loved. You're completely accepted. You are seen. You are seen like you, I mean, maybe you didn't even want to be seen. You know, like there's nowhere to hide. There's nothing you can hide. It is all laid bare before the Lord. There's nowhere you can run. There's nothing you can do that will separate you from the one who your soul loves, the one who loves you. So let's go on over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 here, and I want to look at um, this wonderful 
scripture. I'm going to read it in, um, again, the Passion Translation. And I, I'm going to start in verse 1 because it's just awesome. This is the Amplified. It's okay. I can read this in the Amplified. It says, As for myself, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony and evidence or mystery and secret of God concerning what he has done through Christ for the salvation of men in lofty words of eloquence or human philosophy and wisdom. For I resolved to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing among you except Jesus Christ the Messiah and him crucified. It says, and I was in a state of weakness and fear, dread, and great trembling after I had come among you. And my language and my message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing, and plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, approved by the Spirit and power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them. So that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men and human philosophy, but in the power of God. Now, I want to stop here for a moment because I really believe that tonight's message is coming with just a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power in your life to set you free from the pursuits in your life that occupy the place that God belongs. And what I mean by that is it's empty pursuits. The need that you have is valid. But what you are pursuing to fill it is misplaced. What you are looking for in all the wrong places. <laughs> you remember that song, looking for love in all the wrong places. I have to do my little country accent. But the point is, what you are looking for, you will find inside of you. You will find inside of God. And I believe that tonight there is an anointing on this message for greater intimacy with the Lord tonight. I believe that, that he's stirring up a hunger, that if you're listening to this podcast, it is not by accident God is drawing you to himself. He is, he is, this is your time to experience him like never before. I mean, it's available to us all, all the time. But something drew you here because there is a need you have. There is something, there is a hole in your heart. There's something that's missing and you feel it. But I I just want to tell you that the Lord is filling that. He's filling that with experiences of him. How do I know? Because he's done it for me. And he's not a respecter of people. What he has done for me is real. And it is real for every person. Every person. There's no one left out. There's no orphans in the Father's house. And so I want to, um, I just want to keep going here for reading the scripture here for a moment. And uh, let me go down a little further it says verse 9 but on the contrary as the scripture says what the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared maids and keeps ready for those who love him in verse 10 it says yet to us God has unveiled 
and revealed them by and through his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining, examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and things hidden beyond man's scrutiny. He says, for what person perceives, knows and understands what passes through a man's thought, except the man's own spirit within him. Just so no one discerns, comes to know the thoughts of God, except the spirit of God. Verse 12, it says, now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed upon us by God. Now, I could read that in a different translation, but I'm just going to expand on it a little bit here. Because what this is saying is that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He lives inside of God. And who knows a man's, who knows a man except the Spirit of the man? Who knows God except the Spirit of God? I mean, the Spirit of God is what lives in you. You have the very Spirit that knows everything about God. You have the Spirit of God himself living inside of you. And this is an invitation to experience that reality. This is an invitation to, to know him like the Apostle Paul and the power of his resurrection. This is, a, this is an experiential gospel. This is an experiential relationship. This is the most heavy, weighty, glorious relationship that man could ever have. It's with him and his creator. It is with him and his, the lover who loves him perfectly. And there is an invitation to experience him, beloved, so that you are never, ever, ever lonely, never alone, never without help, never without wisdom, never without direction, never, ever, ever living like a mere human being that is separated from God ever again. This is the experience that belongs to you in Christ. This is the experience that Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary for you to have. God himself died so that you could know him. God himself died so that you could experience him. And so do not settle, beloved. Do not settle for a normal, average, mundane, mediocre life. There is nothing different between you and every super saint that you have ever read about. There's nothing different than you and John G. Lake or, I mean, let me just throw them out there, right? Smith Wigglesworth, Catherine Kuhlman, uh, gosh, in, in our modern days, Bill Johnson and Heidi Baker. There is, there, the, 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 only, the only thing if there's anything different is that they just, by the grace of God, have it tasted the experiential relationship that is theirs and yours and mine in Christ. I remember when I started really getting a hold of this, I, I read a book by Benny Hinn. And, I, you know, I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord or what you think about different people. And I'll just give a little bit of my background. You know, I, I grew up in, in Texas in the Bible Belt in the 870s and 80s when there was just like scandal after scandal after scandal. And, you know, I grew up in the days of Robert Tilton in Dallas and the scandal there. So I just really didn't have a very good opinion of TV preachers for a very long time. And so I personally probably would have never picked up a book by Benny Hinn. But I happened across this. A friend was reading it, a person that I knew was reading it. And... It was called Good Morning Holy Spirit. 
And if you have never purchased that book, I don't, I should get commission on selling this book because I, I recommend, I've recommended it to so many people. But I'll tell you, I'm, I'm sharing this book because, man, when I, 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 I picked up this book from my friend and I started reading it and I literally did not give it back. She asked for it back and I literally, it's one of those things like when I really get determined about something, I'm getting my way. And I just said, no, you're not getting it back. (laughs) I think I just said it that blunt because I was obsessed with it. Because in this book, it's the story of Benny Hinn developing his relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it talks about how he went to a Catherine Coleman meeting and he was shaking outside and under the power of God before the doors even opened. And how he went to this Catherine Coleman meeting. He was just a, you know, a little punk kid living in Canada at the time. You know, didn't really, I think he was saved, but you know, I didn't really know much about the things of the spirit or he was a new believer and he gets in there and Catherine Coleman's like bawling up on stage saying, but you don't understand. He's all I have. And it, Biddy said it was just like this alarming in the book. He just talked about how it, uh, dis, he was undone. It just dis, it just totally, he didn't know what to do. And he got home that night and he, he got on his knees and he said, Holy Spirit, I don't think I know you. Can I meet you? Can I know you? And he said the presence of the room, the presence of the Lord came into the room. And at the time, I mean, he, had, he was the only Christian in his family. His family had kind of disowned him for becoming a Christian. He didn't have a whole lot of friends. He stuttered terribly. He was an, kind of an outcast kind of a kid. But he just began spending and cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Something in Catherine Coleman had just set him on fire about that. And he would just spend hours and hours with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, just like it says here in, in Second, I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you know, the Holy Spirit was searching the deep things of God and it was revealing them to Benny. And the power of God and the presence of God would rest on Benny so strong that one day a guy came over to his house to pick him up. I think they were going to a meeting or something. And Benny got in the car and the friend or the, the guy just began to weep, just weep because of the presence of the Lord. It was so strong in the car. And I just remember reading this book all those years ago and I, I ran outside with the book. I literally started running like a mad woman outside of the building where I was staying. It was a hotel room and I, a hotel and I just ran and ran and ran. And I ran outside and I yelled up to the sky, where is the God of Biddy Hinn? Where is the God of Biddy Hinn? I was just, I was, I was undone. I was overtaken by this unquenchable, this insatiable appetite to know the God of Benny Hinn, to know this Holy Spirit that would come and sit as a friend with Benny, as an outcast, as one who stuttered, as one who was rejected by his family and start to fill his needs and start to teach him like, like, like no friend you could ever have. And I was so hungry for that. I was so in need of that. I was so broken and so starved for wholeness and completeness. And man, that's all I needed. When I saw Benny Hinn had it, I I, I swear, I felt like I was Elisha running after Elijah. You know, (laughs) where is the God of Elijah? And, you know, slams the the coat onto the the river and it parts just like it did. (laughs) And I just, I, I, I... I made it my life mission. I made it my life mission 
I mean, the Bible tells us God is not a respecter of people. Salvation is a universal gift. And what I mean by that is that it is the same gift for everybody. Somebody doesn't just get a little bit of salvation and then over here you have to work for it or something. No, it's available. And the intimacy that we, that Benny Hinn has, that Catherine Coleman had, that Heidi Baker has, that Shalise Jimenez has, that intimacy with God is available to you. And I will tell you, beloved, that nothing will satisfy you. Nothing will satisfy you except the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the infilling and the refilling and the overflowing of the Spirit of God because you were designed to be filled with God. The void in your life is a God hole. It is a God hole. I don't care what it's manifesting as. I don't care if it looks like you need finances or it looks like you need health or it looks like you're, I don't know what it is you think you need. But I'm telling you, he is your source. He is your all in all and he is enough. And if that is not your experience, like I said, you're listening tonight by divine appointment. Because it's not, see, here's the thing. When you've experienced it like I've experienced, when you've come from where I've come from, when you have been healed the way I've been healed, when you have been covered the way that I have been covered, when you're, when you have been treated like you had, you know, you, none of us, none of us deserve the goodness of God. None of us deserve it. What an illusion. What an illusion that we, that we somehow have to earn our daddy's love. That we somehow have to earn our citizenship in heaven. What a deception. You can't earn love. That, that, that's, that, that nullifies it. Be, you can't define it as love and earn it. I mean, you can, you can put the word conditional in front of it, but really, that, how is that love? God is love. God is what we need. Now, granted, I mean, we have to have money. The sickness in our body is real. The things that we're dealing with are real. But, beloved, there is nothing in the light of God There's nothing that can stay in the presence of God except perfection. I mean, as we we abide in the vine, guess what? We produce fruit. When we make the main thing the main thing, 
life is a, it's meant to be a flow. It's meant to be, you know, I love the way Jesus described it. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. You know, he says, come watch how I do it. In the, in the, in the message translation, he says, walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You know what that is? It's like a dance. He's saying, come dance through life with me. Don't worry, beloved. I mean, over and over again, Jesus said, oh, sure, you're going to have trials. Sure, you're going to have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He has overcome the world. And beloved, you are an eternal being. You have an eternal destiny that is so much greater than any any pleasure or pain that we're going to experience in this life. And so we might as well enjoy the bliss of heaven and get blasted on the goodness of God right now, irregardless of what's going on. I mean, really, in the big scheme of things, I mean, it's all temporal. It's all passing away. The nicest thing you can have is going to turn up in a junkyard. I mean, this, this is a temporal passing world. And knowing him is honestly what makes it all have meaning. He gives meaning. He's the maker of beauty. He's the maker of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. All good things come from him. And I think sometimes it's just, it's too good to be true, really, but we need to hear this. We need to hear that you are known, you are seen, you are heard. And if you forget that, go read Psalm 139. Don't go read it, though, like you're David and you're going to the temple, you know, that you're going to be experiencing God from the outside in. No, read it just so that you know how much you are loved and how much you are cared for. It says his thoughts about you are like the sand, that he thinks about you constantly, it says in the Passion Translation. You are never not on his mind. You know, Jesus said, look at the birds. Man, they're not stressed. Man, they don't, they don't plant fields for their food. They don't even know where the next meal's coming from. But look, check them out. Look at the flowers. Do they look stressed out to you? They're clothed so beautifully. I mean, you just go out into creation and look at all of the intricate detail that God that went into God making everything so gorgeous. And it says, how much more does he care about you? Not even a sparrow falls to the ground. I mean, God has got it covered. I'm going to say it again. God has got it covered. You are covered. You are covered with Jesus Christ, beloved. You're not just sitting under the shadow of his wings, you know, like Psalm 91. 
No, you're, you're, you are sitting on the throne in heavenly places in Christ. You have such a high seat of honor. You are honored by the Father. You are honored by the Son. You are honored. You are not just loved. You are honored. You have been put in the place of honor. You have been put in the highest seat of authority in Christ. That is how loved you are. That is how well taken care of you are. In all the struggles that we have, I'm telling you this, all of the struggles that we have is because we think there is a me apart from him. We live off our feelings. We feel far away, so therefore it must be true. We feel lonely, so therefore it must be true. We feel all of these things. But beloved, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know how to do this. I grew up in the Baptist church. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know anything. I literally didn't know anything. I, I, I did spiritual warfare by taking a bath. I'd be tormented by demons and I would go take a bath and tell my roommate to read the Bible to me because I, I didn't know how to do spiritual warfare. Well, guess what? Taking a bath does not cast a devil out. I learned that eventually. Those devils got cast out in my sleep, by the way. God is so good. He's so good. He's so good. And I, I love, you know, half the time I don't even know what I'm going to be teaching on until I get here. And I think the Father likes it that way because he likes to blow me away with what's on his heart. And beloved, what is on his heart is you. What is on his heart is you. And so I'm going to end tonight once again reading Psalm 139. And I, I started with it tonight, and I'm going to end with it tonight. And I'm going to go ahead and read all 18 verses again because I believe it's going to mean even more to you now after everything that I've shared in this podcast. And this is one, guess what? If this doesn't feel real to you, if you are not experiencing what I'm describing, it's, first of all, let me just say this. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with you except what you've been taught and what you've, what you've believed as a result of what you've experienced and what you've been taught. I mean, I started, I would sleep with my Bible. I, I didn't know how to experience God and I was so broken and I was so tired and I was so over it. I didn't know how to connect with God. I didn't, I, I wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. I didn't know any of the things that I'm teaching you tonight. And I would just sleep with my Bible under my pillow or hold on to it because I just wanted to be close to God so bad or something. I just, I, I, I just knew I needed him. And beloved, I, I didn't have this teaching. I didn't have something to go listen to. But I'm telling you, what Benny Hinn has is for everybody. What I have experienced is for everybody. Our daddy, I was going to say he doesn't play favorites, but he plays favorites with everybody. 
And so let me read this again. It says, verse 1, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. I'm going to stop here. Because, you know, we talk, I mean, I teach sometimes. I know we talk about it in Emerge. We talk about practicing the presence of God or abiding in the vine or staying aware of your union with Jesus. But here's what I love about Psalm 139. This is one of the things. It says here that God is aware of me. He's aware of you. He's intimately aware of us. Again, in verse 3, it says, You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know what that means? It means he's never going to be disappointed. (laughs) You're You're not a surprise to God. He knows you. He knows what's coming. Before you do, he says, you know, every step I will take before my journey begins. Verse five, you've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful and deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you. Or ask the darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. You know, I can remember, I just stop here for a second, but I can remember feeling like I just wanted to disappear. I wanted to escape reality so bad. And here in verse 11, it says, it's impossible to disappear from you. So no matter how bad it is, (laughs) he's there. Verse 12 says, there is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day. There's no difference between the two. Verse 13, you formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. And I love this. Verse 16, it says, You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were recorded in your book. Verse 17, every single moment you are thinking of me. I'm going to say it again. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of the sand on every shore. 
When I awake each morning, you're still with me. You know, I, 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 I use verse 17 here. It's so powerful. A lot when I teach people about tuning into the thoughts of God. Because, beloved, I'll, I'm going to end. I said I was going to end with that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one more place. I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Because you and I have the ability, because we are one with God, we have the ability to know the thoughts of God. We have the mind of Christ, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I think one of the most important things that I, that I ever learned to do, and it's probably the most important part of the work and the ministry that I do now, it is connecting people to experiencing God and hearing his voice and perceiving his thoughts so that they can experience who he is. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, verse 12, For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but of the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. I'm going to say this again. We received the spirit of God for a reason. And we received it so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. It says we articulate these realities with words imparted to us by the Spirit and not with words taught by human wisdom. We join together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-revealed words. So this is describing this process of how the Holy Spirit takes the mind of God. It says he searches the mind of God and he He reveals it to us. See, the Holy Spirit's job is to communicate with us. He leads us into all truth, it says in John. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to leave you another friend like me, it says in the the Passion Translation. I'm going to leave you a comforter. In the Amplified, it says intercessor, standby, strengthener. You have the Holy Spirit, beloved. You have the Holy Spirit. And so here it says that the Holy Spirit, he imparts, he imparts realities to us with spirit-revealed truths and spirit-revealed words. And so you sit down, you sit down, beloved, expecting to hear from God. You sit down with your journal and you expect to hear from the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you what, if you're not hearing, then you need to tell the atmosphere, you need to tell your soul, you need to tell the devil, you need to tell the scene realm, you need to tell your neighbor if they're listening, you need to tell whoever in God's green earth may be listening within the sound of your voice to say, no, I hear the voice of the good shepherd, I am a child of the king, I am one with Jesus Christ, and hearing him and being filled with the Holy Spirit and communing with the Holy Spirit is my birthright. The blood of Jesus bought it for me, and I hear clearly. And then you get your journal out and you say, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach me? Jesus, what do you want to teach me? Then you imagine them all sitting there in your room with you. Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. You're having a conference. They just jumped out, out of you because they were in you. But now they're here. They're man- you just, you guys, you, 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 ooh, I just want to say this. You push, you push, you push. You pray in the spirit if necessary. But don't settle. Don't settle for a lack of intimacy with God. There's not a problem here 
There's not a problem. I'm telling you, there's not a problem. Accept your perception. There is not a problem. Jesus has accomplished this. This is finished. Your hearing God is finished. All of it is finished. Now it's just putting it into practice and believing, believing that you're one with God, believing that you hear him and that he is speaking to you. And so let me pray for you as we close tonight. Father, I just take authority over every voice that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. I take, a, I take authority over unbelief, Father. I take authority over wrong belief that is, that is causing your kids to feel far away and to feel that they somehow lack anything. And Father, I just release a boldness over them and I release grace to experience you, to hear from you. I release encounters now, Lord. I release dreams in the night seasons, Father. I just release experiential knowing. I do, Father. I release the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And I declare that every listener has eyes that have been enlightened, Father. I just release the spirit of enlightenment, the spirit of light. Right now I say, let there be light. Let their hearts be flooded with light. Let them see the hope of their calling. Let them experience you. Let them know you, Father. Lead them and guide them, Holy Spirit, into the truth. The way, the same way that you did me, Father, and teach them, teach them, teach them to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. And you know, as I, as I wrap up tonight, God was just reminding me, when I first started cultivating this and really going after hearing God and getting to know God, I used, to, I used my imagination a lot. And people would be, you know, you can think that's weird. But I tell you what, look where I am today. It's not weird. It actually, it's weird not to use your imagination. That's weird. Guess what? You got talked out of that when you grew up. And, and God created us to see the unseen. He created our spiritual eyes as the eyes of our imagination. And it is, it is not normal to not function in, in, your, in your sight as a believer. You are not a blind believer. You're not a blind, handicapped believer. And so I just release the spirit of sight into you. I got, Jesus came to, uh, to, to open the eyes of the blind, and I just declare your eyes are open. But I would, just, I would use my imagination a lot, and I was single, and I was, being, I was in a lot of pain, recovering from a lot of things. And, and I, would go to Jesus with, I would go to breakfast with Jesus, my imaginary friend. And I would sit, I lived in downtown Chicago, and I would just go to busy, busy restaurants with me in my journal. And I would imagine that Jesus was having breakfast with me, except that we would just talk in my journal. We wouldn't talk across the table. I didn't want to look totally crazy. But I would talk in my journal with Jesus, and I would have coffee. And I remember I always had oatmeal and bananas at this one restaurant. I always liked their oatmeal and bananas. And I just developed it. I cultivated it, guys. I cultivated it like my life depended on it because it did. And I just want to encourage you to push the boundaries of your intimacy with God this week. You know what? Make journaling the number one priority of your day. Make knowing God the number one priority of your life. The Apostle Paul said this in Philippians chapter 13. I'm not going to look, turn to it. And I think it's like verse 16, 18, something like that. But he said, my determined purpose in the Amplified is to know him. He said to know him in the power of his resurrection. And so I want to encourage you to make it your determined purpose. 
Make it your determination. I will tell you, whatever else is going on in your life is going to get fixed. It's going to get fixed. You cannot pursue him because, number one, he's pursuing you. I'm not trying to tell you to do this as a work. I'm just saying open up our hearts, open up our eyes, and let the sunshine in. <laughs> and it will, it will blow the clouds away. He will lead you into truth, guys. He's an expert at setting captives free. There's not a problem in your life that God can't solve. There just isn't. There isn't a problem. Isn't a door of a jail that he doesn't have the key of truth that unlocks. I have been following him now very closely for 18 years. And I'll tell you, I mean, I've known him since I was 10. But for 18 years, I've just been following him. And he just sets me free, sets me free, sets me free, sets me free. Over and over and over and again. And it's, it all happens through our relationship. It all happens through our relationship. And so I just release you into new levels of intimacy, new levels of experiencing his love. And I just release you into the fullness of what belongs to you in Christ. I declare that you are experiencing eternal life today, right now. As soon as you stop this podcast, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, awesome. I want to encourage you guys, if these podcasts are blessing you, <laughs> which I pray that they are, I, I just encourage you to head on over to Shalise.com and partner with me. Partner with me in this good news of the gospel. Partner with me by supporting the podcast financially by sewing into the ministry. When you go over to Shalise.com, you can just hit the donate button and it'll show you how to partner and get or, uh, do a donation. But you know, I also encourage you to do, I encourage you to share this podcast, share this podcast with others, with your friends, give them the link over on iTunes or to FN player and help. Let's get the word out because this gospel is so good. This good news is so good. Don't you just want everyone to know it? Don't you want everyone to experience it? I know I do. I sure do. And so that's another huge, huge blessing that you can do uh, in support and in partnership with this ministry. And then lastly, if you are someone who is ready to step into your purpose, uh, you're tired of just going around the mountain and living a normal, mundane, boring Go to work, come home, sleep, eat, do it all over again, tomorrow life. <laughs> then I encourage you to also reach out. Uh, you can reach out to the ministry. You can even just send us an email at info at .com. Let us know and we can uh, hook you up with information about Emerge School of Transformation. Yeah, Emerge is a three-month program that will help you hear God clearly about your life purpose and help you realign and rearrange your life so that you can begin living it. So that's it for this week. God bless you. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. And we are uh, just praising God for what he's doing in your life through the connection that you have with these podcasts. So until next time, love you much. <laughs>